Just keep your body moving how I like. Oh yeah, the music feels the paradise. Can't get any better, no. FM, the home of great music in the Bay and Basin. What's on at Huskisson Pictures? Okay, okay. I see what's happening here. The world has sung the praises of Moana. You're so amazing. Now, be part of the magic at the special sing-along engagement coming to theaters. Disney's Moana, rated PG. 
Moana Sing Along, rated PG. In ancient Polynesia, when a terrible curse incurred by the demigod Maui reaches Moana's island, she answers the ocean's call to seek out the demigod to set things right. And thank you! I just have one question. When Cap needed help, if I'd asked you, would you have come? I guess we'll never know. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, rated M. Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne, along with Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, explore the quantum realm, where they interact with strange creatures and embark on an adventure that goes beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. Starring Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Jonathan Majors and Catherine Newton. Hold on. You gave her wings and blasters. So I take it you didn't have that tech available for me. No, I did. Women talking, rated M. Do nothing, stay and fight, or leave. It was all waiting to happen before it happened. You could look back and follow the breadcrumbs along the path that led to violence. When we looked back, it had been everywhere. It is a part of our faith to forgive. We would be forced to leave the colonies if we do not forgive these men. The women of an isolated religious colony reveal a shocking secret about the colony's men. We cannot endure any more violence. Starring Jesse Buckley, Rooney Mara, Claire Foy and Judith Ivey. Mary Cassett, Painting the Modern Woman. Art Documentary. Mary Cassett made a career painting the lives of the women around her. Her radical images showed them as intellectual, curious and engaging, which was a major shift in the way women appeared in art. Presenting her astonishing prints, pastels and paintings, this film introduces us to the often overlooked impressionist whose own career was as full of contradiction as the women she painted. I'm here to pick up 15 passes for the Fisherman's Friend. When father died, the band died with him. Fisherman's Friends, one and all, rated PG. Following the success of their first album, the Fisherman's Friends struggle to adjust to their newfound fame and work towards a second album. Starring James Purefoy, Sam Swainsbury, Dave Johns and Richard Hainsworth. i got one word to say to you. Glastonbury. Ask us some pictures, your local cinema. For further details, phone triple four one five zero seven six or go online, huskypics.com.au. Station sponsor. Do you love movie and TV series? Here is the radio show for you. Get ready for a new edition of Pick the Flick. Only on Bay and Basin, 92.7 FM. The most on the coast.
welcome to another edition of Pick the Flick at Bay and Basin on 2.7 FM. This is Raul and I'll be your DJ here at the studio for the next hour. I have a special show prepared for you like I do every week. I pick a um, film director and today I picked Akira Kurosawa as the film director to put a feature on. Um, the beginning uh, of Harmony Week uh, is just upon us. Uh, in the Shalhaven, Harmony Week starts from the 20th to the 26th. However, uh, in some other parts of the of this the country, uh, Harmony Week is celebrated from earlier, from like the 15th, from today. So, uh, in my show, I decided to you know embrace the concept of uh, multiculturalism, and in uh, today's show is dedicated to one um, Japanese. Uh, film director. And I'll tell you more about it later. But um, we're also going to have an opportunity to play the game, the, the pick, the flick game. I have five titles. Um, actually, yeah, five titles from old show, TV shows. I'm going to play the intros for ten seconds from each of them. See if you can recognize them. And if you do, you know, write them down and at your, you know, wherever you are. Or you can call me here at the studio, triple four three nine six double four. Or you can text me on o four o three. Five seven two three double four. Either way, if you get in touch with me and you're correct, I'll announce it on the air. If not, you can wait until the end of the show, and I will announce. The, I will play the intros in full, and I will announce what they were. So let, let's go first for the ten seconds. Second show. Third show. Number four. the show is in actually that uh, that intro anyway so um i how did you go did you recognize him i hope you did and if you did you know make sure you write them down with the number or uh, you can also call me here at the studio triple four three nine six double four or text me on a new text line oh four oh three five seven two three double four um, either way you know if you get in touch with me and you are correct i will announce you in so as I said, today's film is about Akira Kurosawa, but I, um, let's start with a proper acknowledgement of country. Bayan Basin Community Radio is located on the lands of the Wandjawandian people, speakers of the Darawa and Durga languages. We acknowledge the Wandjawandian people, traditional custodians of the area, and recognise a continuing connection to the land, sea, culture and community, and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Thank you so much for that, uh, Brad. And now that we've done proper acknowledgement of country, we can launch on today's show. So I told you already, today's show is about Akiro Kurosawa. Um, in the words from Dre, uh, David Stratton, you know, David Stratton, one of Australia's most acclaimed film critics, he described um, Akiro Kurosawa as this. Uh, during the golden era of Japanese cinema, Akiro Kurosawa was by far the best-known Japanese director internationally. His films were not only accessible, but they were marvelously executed. 
He made no secret of his love for Hollywood cinema, especially for the the work of John Ford. But his lyrical, dazzling, breathtaking style in turn influenced a younger generation of American directors like Francis Ford Coppola, uh, George Lucas, Martin Scorsese, among them. But he was also a great humanist and in his films explored the problems and concerns of ordinary people as much as they do the exploits of the warriors for which he is so celebrated. There you have it. Um, Akira Kurosawa was born on the 23rd of March 1910 uh, in uh, in the city of and uh, the district of uh, Oumon in Tokyo. Uh, he was um, the son of uh, Isamu Kirosawa and Shima Kirosawa. And he was the eighth and youngest children of their family. And um, and by the time he got um, he was born two oldest um, brothers of his had already passed away. So so he had three sisters and one brother. And then um, Kurosawa, uh, um, Kurosawa, sorry, Kurosawa uh, was a, the family was a, the descendant of a former samurai family, which may explain some of his attraction and connection to the old samurai tradition from Japan. And they, his family was able to trace all their leniency back up to the 11th century. So, wow, and. The um, oldest brother of uh, Akira, um, Akira, Akira Kurosawa, and the one that was uh, still alive when he was born, uh, was only four years older than him. He uh, was very, very influential in his life. When he was only 13, his older brother took him to the grounds of the uh, great... Kanto um, earthquake, earthquake in, in Tokyo. And the earthquake devastated a big part of Tokyo in 1923. So his brother took him to see the devastation. And when he was trying to take his, you know, uh, eyes away from, you know, human bodies and, and animals that were dead, and the, the, his brother didn't did not allow him to do it and told him that he had to face his. Um, Oh, he had to face his fears, you know, and and many critics actually um, attribute because that was written in his memoir and attribute that to some of his style as a director. His style is very confrontational; it, it shows everything. Um, so, in the 1920s, his brother Higo Higo uh, became a was called in Japan a benshi. Uh, at that time, the Japanese movies were all, um, they didn't have audio, so they were silent films, and they needed someone to narrate the stories. So a benshi was a person that was narrating the stories. And so he was doing that, and he was doing well. So Akira moved with him, and and they were inseparable. And through his brother, Akira was able to get into the cinema and watch every possible film that he could watch and uh, not just films he watched uh, other art uh, forms at at the cinema at the theater like uh, like circus for example so in in the 1930s 
um, Kira was about 20 years of age and, and he had to go to the military for the military conscription uh, but he was very lucky that um, a, a sympathetic doctor um, said that he was not fit to serve so because of that he was accepted from having to do the military service but also because of that he wasn't drafted when Japan was drafting people for the for the World War II because otherwise his career could have been completely different in 1933, um, his father, Hiego, uh, committed suicide. And uh, just four months after that, his other brother, um, other older brother, also died. And he you know, was the only uh, sibling, the only, the only son in his family with um, three daughters um, and three sisters, I mean. All these things really shaped his life. And um, in 1935, um, a, a studio um, in Japan, a film studio in Japan, uh, named Photochemical Laboratories, PCL, and uh, later on that studio would evolve into the Toho Studio, which is a very large Japanese film studio. Uh, they were looking for new um, assistant directors to work and they wanted to attract big talent because they already had attracted big directors into uh, into the firm like uh, like Kajiro Yamamoto Kajiro Yamamoto was a huge director already in Japan by that time so PCL in the ad requested applicants to do an essay and in the essay they had to describe the fundamental deficiencies of Japanese film and find the ways to overcome that. So, so Akira applied, even though he was not interested really about about film um, so much, you know. But it was an, an interesting opportunity. So he just applied and wrote the essay and sent it in. And his essay was so good uh, that earned him a call in for interviews and exams. And and then when he met the panels that were making the selection, one of the persons in the panel was Kajiro Yamamoto, the, the big director. And, and Yamamoto really liked um, Akura Kurosawa. So um, Yamamoto was very influential in, in the company to get him hired. And that's how he got in into the into film in 1936. He was only 25. And so in 1942... Um, very famous Japanese novelist uh, Sumeo Tomita published a, a judo novel, um, Sanshiro Sugata. That is the name of the of the novel. And I used to practice judo. I practiced judo for I don't know, maybe eight years, seven, eight years when I was younger, and loved the sport. And it has a great connection to Japanese culture. And so this book was wonderful in that sense because it just showed the life of um, Japanese judo instructors and, and, and practitioners and practitioners. Uh, so Kurosawa brought a copy, bought up a copy of the book and read it in like a couple of hours. And he was so so taken by the story that he went back to Toho to the company, um, the the film company. And, and told them that they had to immediately buy the rights, the screen rights, to take that book to the screen. And so, um, and, and he pushed so hard that, um, that uh, Toho, at the end, agreed to do it. And then Kurosawa was in pre-production uh, on what became his directorial debut. 
So the film Sanshiro Sugata uh, was was filmed in location in, in Yokohama, and and the, the filming started in 1942. And the production proceeded uh, without major hiccups, but um, getting the completed film past censors in Japan at that time was extremely hard. The censors didn't like the film because they thought that it was too British American. And of course, you know, Kurosawa was trying to change the way cinema was made in Japan and he was bringing some of the new techniques from Hollywood in. And so, um, it was, it was hard, but, um, a lot of famous Japanese directors interceded with the censorship body and, and they really supported Kurosawa's film. And finally, it was accepted to be released by uh, March 1943. So it took about five months for, for that process to occur. Uh, Kurasa, Kurosawa was only 33 years of age when his first film was released. And so the film uh, Sugata uh, Sanshiro um, was also known as a ju Judo Saga, that's what we translate, is a Japanese martial arts drama film. And the music for the film was composed by uh, Seichi Suzuki. Um, he was a composer for sound scores for film, but he was also an actor. And um, so here's the first track of today's show, the main theme from the film Sugata Sanshiro. <laughs>
listening to Community Radio 93.7 FM. Thanks so much, Fiona and Maya. And uh, so we are... Uh, the special today is on Akira Kurosawa. And um, so um, I play the first track. And um, now uh, Kurosawa, after his film, film Sugata Sanshiro, um, released an, another film titled The Most Beautiful in 1944. And during the production of the film, the actress the, was playing the president of the women workers. Um, her name was Yoko Yaguchi. So uh, she had been in constant conflict and fight with, with Hakiro Kurosawa. So through these arguments, the two became you know, really known to each other and, uh, and so well that uh, they continued to stay in touch after the production and they ended up marrying in 1945. So Yoko, um, so Yoko was pregnant when they, when they got married of their son. And uh, the couple would stay together for the rest of their lives, and until she passed away. She passed away in 1985. So an interesting, interesting story. Um, Kurosawa kept working uh, after 1944, and in 1953, um, Semi Sem Tanguchi, um, my wonderful yellow car open in in theaters all across Japan and the script for that film was written by Kurosawa together with, with uh, Tang, uh, Tamiguchi and, but Kurosawa was unable to attend because he was already working on his next film and and he went into a, um, a retire um, um, a like, a, like an inn in the middle of the mountains, and for 45 days with total, total seclusion to work in the screenplay for his next film. That's how serious he used to be about film. And, and his next film was titled Seven Samurai. Uh, so the, the, um, it's a, it's an ensemble, um, film that, um, Kurosawa was, if his first his first work um, in the samurai topic. However, I mentioned previously on the show that he has a, a family history that connected him to all traditional samurais, and so there was something in him already about that. And the, the story centers are in a small village uh, with a group of samurais who were hired to protect the village from an impending bandit bandit attack. So the production turned out to be massive, a massive undertaking. Took more than three months, all just to do the pre-production to get everything ready, and then months of rehearsals, and 148 shooting days. That for the time was huge, unthinkable. I mean, these days is nothing. Cause films take three years sometimes to put together. Um, so, and the, the 148 days actually took a whole year span and uh, and then the issue that they faced at the end is they ran out of money so they didn't have any more money in the budget to continue the film so um, and Kurosawa had some health issues uh, to deal with so he had um, he was constantly working so he had exhaustion from all that additional work and, and an infection that took him away from the production so seven fam seven samurai finally opened in 1954 
in half a year behind schedule and three times over budget but it was the most expensive Japanese film ever made just to give you an idea so fortunately for the organiz- for the company Toho for the production company and and for him for the director the film was um gained gain extremely positive reviews from all the critics and it turned out to be a massive co- commercial success as well so it made the money invested in and, 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 and a lot more and provided the studio with a product that they could and would market internationally for decades to come despite its popularity the film did uh, not win any major awards and however in, in outside of the country however in Kurosawa won um, the Silver Lion at the Venice Film Festival and was nominated for several other awards around the world but in Japan he didn't, he didn't win any award um, the music for Seven Samurai was created by Fumio Hayasaka he's a Japanese classical composer and so here's the second track for today's show used on the title section of the film. a bit of a short ending for the track so that was uh, and the t- title track used for the film and um, just continuing with, with Kurosawa um, three days after the premiere of the film Seven Samurai and nine years after uh, their first born son was born um, his, their first son with um, um, I think it's Yoko and Akiro, Akira, uh, was named, or is named, Hisao, Hisao Kirasawa. Uh, so Yoko gave birth to the second child, a daughter named Kasuko. And, uh, so Kurosawa was totally exhausted of the, the production there, uh, of, uh, Seven Samurai and, and decided to take a break. And uh, so he spent a lot of time with the family and and, and the new daughter, and and it took a long time until he took the next project. And in meantime, with all those happening in the USA, they found Seven Samurai, a wonderful, wonderful action film. So they decided to remake it as a western, and they titled the western "The Magnificent Seven. And you might have seen that film, perhaps, um, which. It, 
you know, it, it was um, the American title that they used for Seven Samurai as well. And Kurosawa decided to turn his attention to westerns after the success of that film. And, um, and then maybe that genre would, would appeal to him as well. So his next film, called Yohimbo. Yohimbo uh, was the uh, second film that was produced by his production company, so his own money on this, uh, centers on a masterless super samurai portrayed by Toshiro Mifune. And Toshiro Mifune was a great, uh, he may still be alive, might be still, um, great, great. Uh, Japanese actor. I saw him in many films. So, so this character uh, strolls into a town that's ruled by two opposing gangster groups and proceeds to is- destroy them all, this samurai. And so in the film, Kurosawa uh, plays the many genre conventions while simultaneously offering a realistic, a graphical, explicit portrait of violence and that most films had dared to do but remember what I said at the beginning of the show with what happened to his brother when he went to see the earthquake devastation um, he wanted people to see the negative consequences of violence and not as a celebration of violence or actually as a way to, to show how wrong that violence was so the film um Yojimko Yojimko the film Yojimko was was an immense success at the box office and and earned you know more than any Kurosawa film had earned previously and the critical reaction was equally positive and proved to be a major influence in in the genre in the western samurai type of genre and started a new era of ultra-violent films in Japan. But that was very, very uh, wrong. It was very disappointing to Kurosawa because the reason why he portrayed that violence in the film is to try to stop that violence from happening. And instead of that, um, all these other film directors were using the same techniques and this same very explicit violence on the film um, to sell films. And uh, so he was very taken by that. So the sound for the film Yojimbo um, was uh, created by Masanu Sato. And uh, Masanu Sato was a Japanese composer. uh, He was an understudy of uh, Fumio Hayasaka. Fumio Hayasaka was the composer that made the previous score I played for you. Fumio Hayasaka passed away very suddenly, so his understudy um, Masaru Masaru Sato uh, took over all the projects that uh, Fumio was working on, and including this. So, the third track I'm going to play for you today is the track that is used in the film Yojimbo uh, during the titles section.
92.7 FM, the home of great music in the Bay and Basin. Okay, so um, I play the third track of the show today from the film Yojinko, Yojinko by Akira Kurosawa. Um, so although some of Kurosawa's earlier work had included dream sequences, um, the, his next film, um, Dreams, uh, Yume in Japanese, Dreams was the name is most well known in, in worldwide, um, was the en- entirely based on the director's own dreams. So for the first time of 40 years, Kurosawa wrote the screenplay totally alone for this and a process would took me took him around two two months to do the project was very personal not only because of the subject subject matter because of his dreams he was using his dreams there um, but also for the people that was working with him on the project so his son Hisao um, had helped um, um, Akira in previous projects and earned an associate producer's credit by the by the company uh, Toho, and, and he he took the role of principal producer for the film Dreams, and his daughter Kazuko um, was also involved and she worked on the wardrobe department. So the Japanese studios were unwilling to back the project because the budget that Kurosawa had put in front of them for this project was huge. It was too much. So Kurosawa turned to foreign investors to finance the film. And he found a wonderful supporter in an American filmmaker named Steven Spielberg um, who convinced the entertainment corporation Warner Brothers to fund the project. So um, this made it easier for Hisao uh, to to do his production work, and so and then he was able to negotiate and uncover all film production costs for everything that his his father needed to do, thanks to the influence of Spielberg on Warner Brothers. So the film Dreams turned out to be very different from anything Kurosawa had done before. And it's a colorful and um, surrealistic type of film. And amongst other things, for example, it, it features the American filmmaker Martin Scorsese as Vincent Van Gogh in the film. And he film premiered in Cannes in May 11th, 1990. And, but uh, the, re- the reception was very st- strange. It was muted. And, and again, when the film was shown around the world, he got similar reception. People didn't know how to take it. So since the release, and especially through the 90s and early 2000s, the film Dreams uh, has been one of Kurosawa's most often, often watched films, mainly because it's available in a lot of the stream um, services available to us today. So I'm going to play the fourth track of today's show from the film Dreams. Uh, it's a track that is, uh, the, the name translates to I'm Sorry, I'm Sorry. And it was created by uh, Shinjiro Ikebe. And he was the soundtrack composer for the film Dreams. Uh, Shin, um, Shin, Shinichiro 
Ikebe, is a, co a Japanese composer and uh, of contemporary classic music, and worked with Akira on this project Dreams and on the other projects after this. So there we go. That was uh, the um, track title "I'm Sorry, I'm Sorry" from the soundtrack of the film Dreams, and it was composed by uh, Shinichiro Ikebe, and the film was directed by Akira Kurosawa. And before I do, I, do, I have only one more film to cover for you, so let's have a quick try again to the pick the flick game for the day. And I will play 10 seconds from each of the intros for these five old TV shows. think you go did you recognize them maybe all of them if you did write the names down and you can see how good your memory is still um, at the end of the show or you can contact me here you can send me a text message on 0403 572 and if you're right I'll announce it on the show so two months um, before the premiere of the film Dreams and three days after his 80th birthday, um, Akira Kurosawa attended the 62nd Academy Awards, the Oscars in Los Angeles, uh, May, uh, March 26, 1990. And he received an honorary award for cinematic accomplishments that have inspired, delighted, enriched, and entertained worldwide audiences 
and influence filmmakers around the world. That's the whole title of his award. So this award was given uh, to him, presented to him, by George Lucas and by Steven Spielberg, both who had produced Kurosawa's films in the past decade. And in the acceptance speech, um, Kurosawa pondered whether the award was deserved by him or not, and said, and this is, I, I quote, um, I'm a little worried because I don't feel that I understand cinema yet. I really don't feel that I have yet grasped the essence of cinema. Cinema is a marvelous thing, but to grasp its true essence is very, very difficult. But I promise you that from now on, I will work as hard as I can at making movies and maybe by following this path I will achieve an, an, the understanding of the true essence of cinema and then earn this award. Wow, you know, what a humble thing to say for someone that had already had an incredibly successful career. So, for his next film, Kurosawa turned to a more conventional story. The film is called Rhapsody in August. And the director, it was the director's first film entirely produced in Japan for over 20 years. And explored the scars to Japan from the nuclear bombing that destroyed Nagasaki at the end of the Second World War. So it was adapted from uh, um, Kiyoko Murata novel. And the film cast included American actor Richard Gere, and as well as a number of child actors. The film was released in May 25, 1991, uh, to a mixed reaction, the, especially in the United States, where the director was groundlessly accused of um, naive anti-American sentiments on the film and it, it cannot be farther from the truth um, in Japan the film received uh, um, you know it was very well received and, and got um, nominations for awards and Japanese Academy Awards and won four awards by the Japanese Academy and it Although it remains one of Kurosawa's lesser works, uh, Rhapsody in August has since gained more critical currency and is often it's a, it's being used as an artistic approach um, against nuclear proliferation and, and against the threats of nuclear, um, nuclear wars. The soundtrack for the film was also composed by Shinichiro Ikebe, the composer I previously played for you. And the last track I have for you today is the track um, from the film, from the soundtrack of the film. And it's called Nobara in Japanese. And it's a cover of the Hayden Roslin, Hayden Roslin by Franz Schubert. And, and Franz Schubert uh, composed that piece in 1815. And here it is covered... Um, in, in this film and is sung by a choir of children. Wow, no. 
It's Margot here, and you're listening to 92.7 Bay and Basin FM, where we love all types of music. Thanks, Margot. So you're back to Pick the Flick with Raul, and uh, today's show is about Akira Kurosawa, and um, that was the last track I had to play for you for the song titled Nobara in Japanese, and it's a cover of a song by uh, Franz Schubert, and from the film Rhapsody in August, that was released in 1991. Um, Kurosawa had an accident in 1995 and left him... Um, wheelchair bound broke his spine and since then his health began, began to deteriorate um, so while his mind remained sharp and lively his body was slowing slowly giving up and so by the spring of 1998 uh, the director was largely confined to a bed um, in his home in Setagaya in Tokyo and uh, spending time listening to music and watching television in September 6, 1998, Kurosawa passed away after a stroke, and he was 88. So over the 70 years after his debut as a filmmaker, and almost two decades after his death, Akira Kurosawa continues to be um, to move audiences and, and influence filmmakers around the world. His style and technique have become an integral part of the international language of cinema. And while the the stories that he told and the issues that he tackled remain both relevant and fresh to modern audiences. So by now, it seems safe to say that Kurosawa's name and works have become a fundamental part of our global, global culture and, and that they will live alongside those of other artistic geniuses that is that history has produced around from around the world. So that's all I have for you for Akira Akira Kurosawa. Um, so let's back to the pick the flick game, and I'm going to play them in full now and see if, you know how good your memory was um, about about this one. So let's let's do it. Now the world don't move to the beat of just one drone. What might be right for you may not be right for some. A man is born, he's a man of me. It's an American sitcom. They got nothing but the jeans, but they got... It went from 1978 to 1985. Different strokes. Yeah, different strokes. Next. I'm sure you got this one. American television, very, very famous. Eddie Albert and Eva Gabor. Air in 1965 to 1971. Yes, Green Acres. Next one. Science fiction horror anthology television series, 
the Twilight Zone. Yes. Number four. Crime drama. Run from 59 to 63. Starring Robert Stack. Elliot Ness Yes, The Untouchables And the last one Science fantasy animated television series My brother used to love this Yes, Thundercats Four seasons 1985 to 1989. There you go. So that was it. That's it for Pick the Flick today. I hope you enjoyed the show. And I'll be here again next week for another edition of the show. At Bay and Basin 92.7 FM. Don't touch a dial. Stay with 92.7 FM because the next show is The Slam with Vanessa. And she'll tell you everything that you need to know about live arts and music in the Shoalhaven and beyond. And she'll play great music for you as well. Maybe interview someone like she does sometimes. So stay tuned. Bye bye everyone. Something more than true yet very real All I see is light from these shots of falling rain There's an empty clock upon the sandstone top It's loved by any other name This precious of sunshine